Football Shed, the podcast for fans of the Premier League that live in the wrong time zone. This is our first show back of the season, and it's our annual pre-season prediction show. My name is John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Is everyone excited for the new season? I'm very excited, John. Um, Roger, what are you drinking? What did you bring as your celebratory drink? Uh, well, it was the one beer left in the fridge, so you could say it was the fridge beer. Yes. Uh, it is the Big Kahuna, a coconut brown ale brewed by Batch. Sounds disgusting. Is That's it all good? Right. Yeah. It's okay. Um, Solid. Jeff, you look like you've got something a little bit fancier today. Yeah, I'm chugging down some uh, $80 bottle of champagne. <laughs> it was a it was a gift from work. And you know me. Wait a minute, 80 or 8? Eight? 8 0. Not, not zero eight. Sounds very unlike you. Yeah, but the thing is, it was in the fridge. So as far as I'm concerned... Fair game. It's fair game. Um, <laughs> so whether we were saving it for a special occasion or not, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, this is sheds worthy. So it's definitely wasted on you. Well, the only thing that I have to make sure is that I finish it. Because okay, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to waste it. Yeah, no. How did an $80 bottle of champagne come to be in your fridge? Oh, Roger, it was a gift. That right. was that. <laughs> okay. Of course glad, it was a I'm gift. I'm glad we cleared that yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm on uh, the watermelon smash, my favourite sour beer, because I'm on holiday from tomorrow. So I'm on the beers. I'm oh. feeling a little bit uncomfortable, though, because you are not advertising your special wine. I've got the rest of the season to promote Audi $5 wine, Rog. So <laughs> and you just did it then? <laughs> Start with a bit of variation. Um, before we get onto the predictions, though, a wee bit of admin. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us a question, tell us why we're wrong about our predictions. Um, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed. Or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and of course, tell your mates so more people can listen to our stupid predictions. Now, we are recording these predictions a little bit early. It is the 30th of July. So they're going out about a week or so, two weeks before the Premier League. A lot could change in that last week, John. A lot could happen. Man United could sign Harry Maguire, which may happen. For £90 million. For £90 million. But um, the predictions we're going to go through today are the champions, who's going to finish second, third and fourth, the relegated teams, the player of the year, the top scorer, surprise player or team, flop player or team, the sack race, this is a new one for this season, who's going to get fired first, and the famous wild card. So should we start with champions? All right. Who wants to start? I mean, it would be strange if any of us didn't go for Manchester City. It would. Is it strange? Are you going to go for non-Man City? I'm going to go for Manchester City. Wow. Okay, that's uh, not very strange. What are you going to go for, Rog? I am going to go for Manchester City. <laughs> I'm going for Spurs. What? Wow. Yeah, I am genuinely putting Spurs at the top of the list. It, okay. It, it, does this rely on some typical Daniel Levy last week spend? No, no. Um, it depends on Liverpool's three front players having no break over mm-hmm. the season close um on man city losing vincent company um on man city wanting to win the champions league more than the premier league and for guardiola is going to retire or not retire but i think guardiola is going to leave man city at the end of this season and he has to leave having won the champions league so i think things the i think spurs are in a position where they've got their new stadium I think they've signed a really good player in Don Dombele, the mm-hmm. midfielder. 
Um, Kane's had a break. Deli Ali's had a break. Ericsson's had a break. No, no, no. no. It's the Kane, opposite. Kane played in the Nations League. Didn't no, you? but it's no. the opposite to last year. We did. We came into last season with Spurs having had more players at the latter stages of the World Cup than any other club in Europe, and they just they weren't ready for the start of the but, year. But they've got no fullbacks, right? No, I, th- I think so. That's yeah. the one. There is some merit in what John's going to has said, but I think we can now pick all the holes that, in it. That, uh, <laughs> there's some major flaws there too. So you, you made okay, a good well, point. Well, let's start with they have no fullbacks. They, Sorry. Yeah. And, and okay, let me let me put some context into that. So Spurs for the last, I'm going to say decade, but it's probably been only seven years, but I'm feeling old, have played with four fullbacks. Yes. And they have rotated pa- pairs and partnerships, haven't they? So yeah. they would play a certain partnership in Europe. They play a certain partnership in the Premier League, mm-hmm. certain partnership. And those pairs would drop in and out of the side. Almost, It would be interchangeable. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they could play with such high, high intensity through the whole season was because they could swap out whole components of their side yeah. and replace them with equally as skilled whole components. This is the first year I can remember for Spurs where they only have a left back and a right back. Well, I, I'm no. going to disagree here because I think that they will sign Sessignon. So they'll have Davis and Sessignon at left back and then they've got Serge Aurier and Walker-Peters at right back. Yeah, so they have the four. I would say they're, if, like, they're going to lose Danny Rose and Trippier's gone to Atletico Madrid. I'd say possibly they're a bit of a downgrade, but I think Sessignon could be a bit special. Trippier was crap last year, though. He was tra- crap it last year. He peaked at the World Cup and then he... You know, suddenly remembered he couldn't defend. And Walker Peters is young, so can improve. I think Serge Aurier is a good player, and I think he might have a bit of a Lucas Moura season where he's not quite worked out how to play for Pochettino. And Pochettino will have worked on him a lot, and I think he'll be a lot better. So I, I just, yeah, I, I think. Okay, I, okay. So Roger, I've gone with their fullback problem. What's what, what hole are you going to pick in, John's? The Daniel Levy won't sign anyone until the last day of the season and he'll probably sign one or two players and that Spurs will essentially, again, be one injury away from being a bit crap. And that will happen at some point in the year. They'll get. Let, let's not forget, Loriente is now gone. Now, Loriente was very important for Spurs at the back end of last year. They gave him a plan B in terms of we can hoof it up to the big man. In the Champions League, he was massive. They, um, they've they've got an offer on the table for Loriente. If he doesn't get any other offers, basically they said we'll pay you every time you play, but we won't pay you generally. So he's not gone anywhere else yet. So he could end up back. There. I reckon he'll go. He's gone. And then the only other striker on the books other than Harry Kane, Parrot, Vincent Janssen. No, he's sold. He's sold. Oh, he's gone. They got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, but they've got this young. And kid. so ends one of the most inglorious days in <laughs> Premier League history. <laughs> Um, there's a guy called Parrot um, who played in the preseason friendly against Man United that's meant to be quite good. He's only 18. Um, but I, I just got a feeling this is the right point. Pochettino could have left last year. Everything's come together. They've got the stadium. They've got a bit of belief in themselves for getting to the Champions League final. And I do think that Man City and Liverpool did so well last year. Something has to give. See, I think the absolute opposite. Good. <laughs> I, I, I know, okay, and I'm not. I haven't thought about it as much as you. But my gut reaction is the absolute opposite. My gut reaction is that the I read an article this week about um, uh, Pochettino spending ten days in his house, not talking to anyone after the Champions League final. It really affected him, mm-hmm. and there, there were, were were pretty credible reports saying that he would have left Spurs had they won it. So in his um, psyche. 
he has come to an end of a chapter or he was coming to the end of the chapter and the end of that chapter was so disappointing that he didn't talk to another human being apart from his wife for 10 days now to then get back with the same intensity and the same gusto and know that you're starting from the beginning again and not just that but you're now bending in new players which you didn't have to do last year last year was a continuation of the same momentum they had for the previous two years whereas this year it's an, it's there are lots of new members to that squad so I don't think that he or they have that level of belief in what they're doing now than they did at this point last year. I reckon he did that 10 days and he had a good old think. It was like, do I want to go for this again? Do I want to do this again? And he's gone, yes. And there's been no drama really coming out of Spurs. There's been no like players wanting to leave, or agitating for a leave or whatever. It's, everything's just been quite smooth. Um, and I think having the stadium is a huge deal. Um, and... Daniel Levy will be very late in transfers, but the transfer window now closes before the season starts, which is a big difference. So I think they will sign a couple of players before the season starts, but it's not like a month in when they've lost three games already. They also, the last thing I was going to say on this, they play Man City away second game of the season and they play Arsenal away two days uh, two games later. If they get six points out of those games, they're suddenly flying. I just think that... The main reason for me not uh, agreeing with you is not necessarily <laughs> about Spurs because I actually th- I think Spurs will go well this year, and I think we'll go on to it in a minute. I think Spurs will finish third, <laughs> and I think they're clearly the third best team in England at the moment. I think they'll play good football. I think I agree with you saying they'll get motivation from playing in the, in the new stadium. Um, you know, if Kane can stay fit for you know more of mm. the year, I think they've, there's some upside there. But I just look at Manchester City who were incredible last year, having been incredible the year before. And I think this year, there's no reason they can't be better in that uh, De Bruyne didn't play for the whole of last year. Now, you've said they've lost company, but company only played briefly towards the end. Yes, he spadged it in from distance and it was a very important goal, but largely he was crap. And if you break it down into, you know... But company but, but he, more the leadership side. But he, he, so he lost them games... Uh, earlier in the year when he played last year because he was doing crap or he lost, they dropped points. So I, I don't think it's a massive loss. I, I do agree that they do have a bit of a leadership vacuum. But if anyone can get away with that, it's Manchester City because they don't need leaders because they're a machine and the brain is on the sideline. A leadership vacuum. <clears throat> yeah. That is such a wanker thing to say. <laughs> well, no, it's just what... <laughs> There's, where's the leader? It's like I'm at work. <laughs> but they've signed they've signed a backup to Fernandinho, yeah, which was Rodri. which was important. Yeah. Um, I just you cannot get away from how good a player De Bruyne was best player in the in the league the season before, and they didn't have him for the whole of last year. He essentially came back, but he wasn't really fit. I think Sterling's going to improve again. You know, Sané going, I think might um, hurt them a bit. Mm. But I just don't see enough there to go, you know what, Spurs are going to overtake Man City. I I don't have any more to add really about um uh, about Man City apart from I think they're going to get more penalties this year. Yeah, I think they spend more time statistically in the opponent's box than any other team in the Premier League. And I think with the inclusion of VAR, we are going to see penalties galore. I think because of that, Man City are going to get an extra 10 goals. 
Yeah, you, and you could see it Guardiola going, oh, I've got a tactic. Flick just, it the guy's foot. And then just and just stay there. Yeah. Just like if, if you got Mares just standing still in the box of the ball in, in, at yeah. his feet, which they are perfectly capable of doing, then they're going to win more penalties than they don't with VAR. So I, I think that's a great advantage to teams like Man City. So I had Spurs first. I got Man City second. Who have you guys got second? Liverpool. 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 <laughs> I love that you had to check that. Bloody like, hell. I, I mean, I, I do... You said that um, you have some concerns about Liverpool's front three being away. So Firmino is obviously off at the um, Copper America and um, Mane and Salah have been at the African Cup of Nations. Salah didn't go um, that deep into the tournament. No. And so I think that he should come back fairly fresh. Um, he's had a bit of a break. And... Uh, they could they could start slowly, but again they've got some other play. You know, Joe Gomez should be back. Um, they've got uh, the Ox. Ox will be back. Who, who yep. should be back? And so I I think that they've they've got some upside too. And I just I again I think that um, Klopp will be so motivated this year to try and win the league. Have it, I think it's the opposite to Man City in that I agree with you in that Man City's primary aim this year will be the Champions League because all the Man City owners want is the Champions League. For Liverpool, it is all about the league. Yeah. I just, I don't know, after last season, they won the Champions League, which is incredible, obviously, and they went so hard in the league. I just don't know whether they're going to be able to keep that up this year. And I... Do they need to, though? Well, I, I no, agree. I don't, I don't think they yeah, necessarily can. I, I can just see them having a bad first six or seven weeks of the season and it kind of... That knocking them a bit. I can see them winning a cup, but I just don't think they can maintain it for the whole league. See, I think the the difference in so when I spoke about Spurs and and Pochino's ten days off and mm. and how that affects your intensity and your mentality. And I'm sorry to talk about the abstracts here with the intensity <laughs> and your mentality. But Klopp, That's you know, bad as leadership they, vacuum. It is just yeah. as bad. I, I, I disgust myself, Roger. Um, what was I saying? The um, I think that Liverpool. Actually, they have the opposite in Klopp. So they lost the league by a point or two points, whatever it was. I don't think that had the same effect on them that Spurs losing the Champions League final had on Spurs. I think the way they conduct themselves and, and the attitude that they have as a unit, I think, lends to this camaraderie that Spurs don't display. So I don't think that they're going to be as downtrodden as Spurs are. I think I, I do take your point about their front three. Um and I also think Salah wasn't as good last year. He just wasn't. Like no. Salah two years ago was was excellent, and he played World Cup last year as well. There, like there was a lot of pressure on him. Last yeah, year. He was still pretty good. Last I mean, he was year. pretty good, but joint top scorer. In I the mean, he league. was better than Mares, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> We're in the new season now. You don't have to push last season's <laughs> predictions. <laughs> I I don't know. I think Liverpool are going to keep that level of momentum going. But again, when we look at the fine margins in football, was it their last ten games or whatever when they won every game? Some of those games were squeaky bum time, weren't they? Yeah. And I don't think they did what Man City do. They they didn't just steamroll opponents. In that last few months, there were some one-goal margins, one-goal deficits that really were shaky. So without that kind of that that mentality and that drive, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I just I, yeah. I, there's something about Liverpool. I just don't know if they can keep it. They haven't. They've bought in a 16-year-old Harvey Elliott and a 17-year-old Dutch defender. 
and that's it. And I think you'd need to refresh. Naby Keita, John, your I think Naby Keita will have a potential player of the year last because if he can find some form, then that is like a new player. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think he'll have a much better season. They've got a lot of players like a new player, as you say, the Ox yeah. Gomez. Yeah. You know, Gomez is English. Yeah, his name's Gomez. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know where you're going with this. I'm just saying. <laughs> But I also think, like, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold is not even near his peak yet, and he is so good. So I just see, you know, I, I think a number of their players are, are in an age bracket where they could still improve. Yeah, they're definitely not at their peak yet. They're all a young team. But, I, yeah, I just... Spurs are going to win it. And you think Man City are going to come third? No, I think Man City comes second. And Liverpool third. Third, Liverpool. Who have, you, who have you got fourth? Wait, wait, wait. Before we go to fourth, what have you, have you got for third, you guys? Spurs. Both Spurs? Spurs, yeah. yeah. So fourth. This Now, for me, I thought the top three was easy. And it just, for, like, maybe we've gone a bit more predictable, but we've all got the same top three. And I mean, mine just rolled off the tongue. But I really scratched my head over fourth. And I've had a number of teams in this, and I sort of waded up. And I think you can mount a case for three or four teams. I have six um, in my list here. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, who did you lump for in the end? Oh, am I going first? Yes. Yeah. Oh, or do you want us to go no, first? No, you go first because yeah, I'm not. All sure. right. Well, I I'll stick my neck out. I've gone for Man United in fourth. Oh wow, big call. Now I did not. <laughs> I I mean I I think I picked Man United more because of question marks over the other teams, and it really was like I I think that um, fourth will be very tight between. I think you know Chelsea will also be up there, but I think. I've got less concerns about Man United than I do about Chelsea and Arsenal. And I think the other thing is that there's there's a bit of pressure off United this year. They've chosen to stick with Solskjaer. He's stayed. They're kind of there. I think they'll sign a couple more players and they're backing in what he wants to do in the transfer market. They're picking players that want to play in the way that Solskjaer wants Man United to play, which is a start because for a long time they haven't really had that I mean Mourinho is all about short term we haven't heard much about United in the pre-season other there's been a bit of news about there does seem to be a bit of a siege mentality of kind of let's all just yes there's the Pogba issue but let's just get on with it work hard and see how we can go yeah and I think that Man United will be very good going forward this year and will score lots of goals and they'll be a bit ropey at the back and I think they'll they'll scrape forth Okay, Jeff, who have you gone for? I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Oh, Everton. Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you know? Well, we, 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 we were here last year, weren't we? This is the fourth <laughs> year in a row we've done pre-season predictions, yeah. and, and why, do you, why are you surprised? No, it's true. I don't know why I'm surprised. I genuinely think, do of you, all the do years... Do you change if uh, um, what we think is going to happen potentially overnight happens with... Gay's left. Oh, he's left, has he's he? Confirmed. gone official. Yeah, I think... Um, Obviously, we're recording this a week before the Premier League starts, so there's a few transfers yet to happen, and and I'm pretty nervous that they are going to happen. So I hope that whoever listens to this is listening to this, going, "Oh, <laughs> Jeff, listen to him being nervous. It all, it all turned out all right in the end, didn't it, Jeff? You'll be just fine." Um, however, I I genuinely think because of the chaos you just represented, Rog, this is the chance. This is like the Leicester winning the Premier League chance, where Liverpool and Man City are extremely superior. However, the you know we've just spent Rod, you and I have just spent the last five minutes picking apart Spurs. I'm not saying Spurs aren't going to finish top four, but I'm saying they're fallible. 
the Manchester United are absolutely fallible. Chelsea have got Frank Lampard and a transfer ban. Arsenal are half a team again. They're buying wingers and strikers for, for 72 million. And yet can't buy a centre-back. <laughs> and, and I think it's just a disgrace what's going on at Arsenal. I, I can't like fathom how that is their transfer policy. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm sure we'll get onto that. So I'm looking at this chaos, but you know, from third down, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is if you are Leicester City, if you are Wolverhampton Wanderers, and if you are, and you're looking at that going, this is our second year with the same project. So we're still making progress from last year. We're adding quality players. We know that our system works. We've got stable managers. I say that Leicester obviously have now got a better manager than they did have. I would be looking at that top four spot, going, this is our chance and if this can be our chance it can gain momentum so why not Everton in the same yeah, way why no. not Wolves and why not Leicester well you're saying that I've gone for Leicester wow yeah what Leicester to finish fourth yeah I just think that I, I rate Brendan Rodgers as a manager I don't rate him as a human I'll go on record as saying that <laughs> he's a weird man <laughs> <laughs> but rubber face yeah and lives in kind of Cuckoo. He's a bit Roberto Martinez. Everything's brilliant. Everything's brilliant. We don't. But he is a very good manager. He has Premier League experience of finishing in the top four. The fact that they Nearly got won the league, yeah, and the fact they got Tillemans over the line um, as a signing for forty mil, which every player in the Premier, uh, every team in the Premier League wanted, I think it's a huge indication of where they're at. Um, I think they've got a really young squad that's getting better and better and better. They have Wolves are in the Europa League which no one really wants to be in. Um, and there's, again, I'm going for the no news is good news scenario. Leicester's been very quiet. Yes, there's the Harry Maguire scenario. They bought two centre-backs, both 20 million plus players last season um, that are back up to Johnny Evans, uh, Wes Morgan and Harry Maguire. One of them will slot in and be mm. good. Um, and I just think they have all the ingredients they need. They have the financial backing and Magnite is a mess. Chelsea's a mess. Arsenal's a mess. Everton and Wolves, they could do it. But I just think it's going to be someone different. They've and been I think... winning their pre-season games as well, quite quietly, um, yeah. aggressively. And so I think Leicester's my one that goes sticks out as they've been getting on with their business, doing their own thing, and they have the right players. I think they what, can do it. what I think is interesting is we both kind of independently highlighted the fact that that is open. Yeah, And oh, I can't is. remember another season where... You know, we're not talking about this at Christmas, going, oh my God, everyone's having a, everyone's having a bad season. Look what's yeah. going to happen. We're actually looking at this pre-season going, whoa, this is an opportunity for a very exciting top four race. But I would say that I picked between Leicester and Arsenal. I think Arsenal are going to be all right. I think just they score so many goals. And I know they just bought another forward player for 70-odd million or whatever. But I just think... <laughs> <laughs> a winger! Oh, a goal-scoring oh, winger! Why? No, he does look very exciting. Yeah, yeah he does, they... but how many goal-scoring wingers are you going to play? <laughs> like, then, how do you even well, fit I think them on a pitch? They'll, they'll play. I mean, I don't drop know. Mustafi probably, just... probably doesn't say much for Ozil's chances of getting no. a game. But... And they've got Rob Holding coming back at centre-back. So if they get Rob Holding and Socrates fit, then they look okay. If they can get in Kieran Tierney at left-back, they've got a... Like they've got a team there that's looked, and I really rate Emery as a coach. I think he's a really smart coach. So I think if he can get it right, there, I think I think it's been Arsenal. And I, I, I don't worry. Is he a smart coach? Is, is um t with tyranny? I think he would be a good signing for a lot of teams. 
and I and I don't say that with a caveat of going he's not good enough for Arsenal. Quite the contrary, I think he's absolutely good enough for a, a top of the Premier League side. The problem is he's a very attacking left back, and he overlaps. He overlaps regularly. Gets to the byline and crosses it in. Arsenal don't need any more overlaps. <laughs> like they don't need any more players <laughs> bombing forwards when it's not their turn. Yeah. They just don't. They, they don't have a midfield either. That's what, for me. That's where it falls down with Arsenal. Like even if they can get things right at the back, which is very unlikely because it's Arsenal. So someone will be injured and they'll be. Yeah. You know, you you can almost set your watch by it. Which is funny because it's so far removed from like the George Graham days, but <laughs> an Arsenal defence will make at least one or two critical errors in a game that lead to a goal. But I just think they're left a bit exposed because their midfield isn't good enough. I, I, I it just doesn't cut it to, to with the top teams. And yeah. it's their supply line. So they have such an amazing uh, array of talent up front. But if you can't supply the ball to them in the right areas of the pitch, they are completely useless to you. And we know from last year that they don't track back. Yeah. So you're not going to get a Bamiyang or or Ozil going. Oh well, you know, I'm I'm going to drop deep to receive the ball. He's not going to do a Rooney. Yeah. You just you just don't see it. They don't have that in them. So they're all just stand up there, waving their arms, going, "Oh, where was the pass?" Whilst people are scoring against them. There's no two way runners. So yeah. they've got they've got guys that run forwards. Or you know, guys that will stay at the back, but they haven't yeah. got anyone that can go. Well, the the only player they had that really fits that mold was Ramsey, and he's gone to Juventus, and he's gone. And when they he wasn't signed, playing um, last year, they didn't look as good. What's his name? Danny Sabellos, Sabellos, I think, from on loan from Madrid. Which yeah. which maybe I mean, you don't. Um, you cap for Spain. You don't play for Madrid if you're crap. No, but no. you can, you can be. An overrated young player True. like Martin Odegaard and yeah. play for Real Madrid. I was fifteen, then. and you and you also can can be a, a easy on the eye, flary player who gets a good few highlight reels. Yeah, and like, then, that's pretty typical. And then yeah, and then ins and outs, you're not good enough. They the last player they had that tracked back the way they need that right now is Flamini, and I can't think of an Arsenal player since who did that kind of job for him. Is he still playing? They should sign him up. They should get him back for a third time. <laughs> so just to confirm, everyone's top four. So mine is Spurs, Man City, Liverpool, Leicester. Rog? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I feel like mine is so predictable. Uh, Man City, Pool, Spurs, United. City, Liverpool, Spurs, Everton. Nice. Wow, this is, this is great. Let's go to the bottom of the league for relegated teams. Now we've got to pick three teams that are going to go down. Does anyone want to go first? Uh, yeah. Well, I reckon I'm going to start with the one that I think we will all have in there. And I am going to contradict myself, I'll say now, later on in, in, yeah. in the pod. But the one team I think we will all have in there is Sheffield United. Yes, I can agree with that. Yes, I can agree <laughs> with that. I, I think that they are going to struggle uh, a lot with quality. Now, one thing I'd like to point out here that probably sums up where Sheffield United are at coming into the Premier League. They broke their transfer record twice um, so far in this yeah. window the first time was to sign Luke Freeman from QPR he sounds good now he also used to play for Bristol City so I, I know him I've actually seen him play um, at QPR he's goal scoring he's a striker mm -hmm. scored 14 goals in 104 games <laughs> at Bristol City before that he scored 10 in 105 Wow. Now they prolific. After signing Luke Freeman, they then went out and broke that transfer record of four million and signed Callum Robinson, who was also in the championship. I can't remember where they got him from Preston, I think. Twenty nine goals 
in 110 games. Yeah, okay. Now, they've got Billy Sharp, who's you know been there forever. He's a great servant to the club. He was really good last year in the championship, but he's quite old. Yeah. And I just worry that you need to score goals to stay up. And if that's what you're relying on, that is a massive ask. Yeah. I think with Sheffield United, the one thing I want to mention... Good and manager. I've, but... I've passed this to you on WhatsApp this week is how they have overlapping centre-backs. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this. So basically they play 3-5-2 and their two wide centre-backs are told to overlap over the um, past the wing-backs and it's weird to watch. And it basically all they're doing is overloading one side or the other side. And I think it's going to be fascinating. I hope they do it in the Premier League. I hope they don't panic and go, oh, we're in the Premier League, we shouldn't do this. Because it's got them promoted. No, I've, I've, never think... seen, I've never seen anything like it. I've, I've watched a few of the clips and I've never seen an overlapping set. Again, when we talk about um, you know players getting to the byline unnecessarily, these are centre-backs. Yeah. And then often their final ball isn't necessarily pinpoint. The <laughs> but, it's, but they're an extra man, aren't yeah. they? So I'm not, I think he is a really innovative coach. Yeah. And, you know, ha- did well in the Championship without much you know resources and i think the one thing they do have is that he is a really good coach and i think that um they may surprise some teams this year with things like overlapping center backs <laughs> because I, I think a lot of times when teams come up from the championship is not necessarily the same focus on how they've been playing or what they do so you can have a bit of a surprise element to it and so i think if they can have a good start to the year and i think their um early fixtures are quite good of the of the three promoted teams there i think their first 10 are, is probably the best mm. so i think if they can get off to a decent start surprise a few teams and pick up points that's how they're going to stay in the premier it's got to be something yeah. you know a bit out of the box because they just haven't got the quality to survive what was that striker you just mentioned with the the terrible goal scoring record luke freeman how much was he uh, just over four million. Oh, I, I can beat that from a terrible signing this season. You see, West Brom signed uh, Zahor from uh, oh, from Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah, he's got he's got one goal in twenty games for Cardiff. Do you know how much he cost? How much? Eight million pounds. <laughs> Eight million how, I like, I don't pounds. Get how people can be professional footballers that get away with this stuff and you, they get paid for? Do you do a roll, that, John. They do a roll. Did you hear that Harry Redknapp quote this week? Sorry, yeah. um, to no. digress a little bit. Um, Harry Redknapp was quote. He goes, "Oh, I had a sorry. I'm, I'm pulling this from my brain. So I'm sorry if it's if it's not perfect." He goes, "Oh, I I had a um, signed a striker once, and uh, I was doing the contract negotiations, and he wanted a goal scoring bonus, like a, a bonus for scoring goals." He's like, "You're a striker. That's your job." <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like, what am I buying you for? Good That's Harry. amazing. Like, oh, I mean, well, that makes, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Sheffield United uh, are down. I've also got Newcastle and yep. Palace. Ooh, so I've got a little bit controversial with my last. I, you may have noticed I've stuck with Palace from last year. Essentially, yes. I'll rehash exactly the same arguments, which is someone will sign Wilfred Zahar, <laughs> and essentially, without Wilfred Zahar, they're a bit crap. And. Palace this year have signed Jordan Ayew. Oh my God, oh, he's yeah. still on knocking a permanent about. deal. Yeah, yeah. Him alone oh, last wheels year. on the bus go round and round, <laughs> and he still looks a little bit unfit and out of condition. Yeah, and, and that's all they've bought. Very good. They're yeah, bought. so I mean that's they've got a thin squad. They've lost a lot with um, Wambasaka because he was great last year. You know, some of their other key players are another year older. Um, 
I just they're still not going to get anything out of Benteke because he's lost his form somewhere in a really deep dark well and he just <laughs> cannot find it. I forgot he was even there. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. So I and I, it seems like there is potential that Zaha may actually go. And, yeah. and I think they'll yeah, struggle. I think if he goes, then they are complete. And Newcastle serious. for obvious reasons. So I got the same as Rog. I got slight apart from one. I got Newcastle and Sheffield United. I think you've pulled it apart well. We don't really have to talk about Newcastle. It's obvious they're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I my language. Um, I, I thought I was. You got be, Newcastle too. I've got Sheffield United and Newcastle. I thought so I was going to be better with language on this year's shed, but when it comes to Newcastle, <laughs> I mean, it's very deserve, hard to rein it. Deserves where well. I do feel bad though because I like. I love the Geordies and I love Newcastle. I love the passion. I love they get, you know, 50 plus thousand there every week. And, you know, we were first watching football when Newcastle were, were good. Yeah, and I remember Tino Asprilla. Tino Asprilla scoring yeah. the hat-trick in the Champions League. Like, it, it, you know, there was a lot there. Uh, Philip Albert in the 5-1 against United at Old Trafford is one of my uh, Premier League all-time <laughs> highlights. David Giller. Oh, oh, David Giller. Yeah, so, like, they've, they've had some golden times. But, now is not one of those times and I think no. they um, over- overachieved under just, Benitez. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want them to get relegated. I want them to get relegated really, really badly so that Mike Ashley just no, he goes didn't, away. But that's happened to him twice. Yeah, and I did hear... Probably in, where he wouldn't care, yeah. I did hear on a rival podcast during the off-season that his aim when he got ownership of Newcastle was out of the first 10 years to spend five of them in the Premier League and they spent seven of them in the Premier League. And so he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, so he's doing a good job as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Um, well, who was your third one then, John? My third is Watford. Watford? Wow. Yes. And a little bit like Rog, because I'm stubborn. <laughs> I went for them last year. <laughs> and then they were really good. <laughs> and they were really good. But I think that um, last year was just an anomaly of a season. If you look at their team... It's actually not very good. Oh no, um, I don't agree. They oh, they Decore, kept, they haven't lost Gerard any of their key, key players, and they will bully. And they are a big physical team, and they will bully enough teams at home that they'll stay up. No, I just think Javi Gracia isn't as good as coach as he's coming across. I just don't think their players are as good. They just had a great season that went to the FA Cup final, and it was all like, oh, we're brilliant. I think this year the wheels fall off, and it all goes wrong. Okay, I've I've gone for Brighton. Oh yeah, I don't think that's too much. They were in my um, conversation, and they yeah. have um, Harry Potter in charge. Yeah, they do have Harry Potter, Graham Potter. Yeah. Um, now, I think we have been slightly caught up on the 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 mythology that surrounds Harry Potter or Graham Potter. What's his name? <laughs> Graham, Graham Potter. Potter. <laughs> yeah, Graham Potter. I, I think that we loved him when he was at Ostersons. We loved them when they played Arsenal in the chat. Was Champions League, Europa League, Europa League, mm-hmm. and we love. Yeah, I remember you bring it up, John. You did a whole believe bio of, yeah. of him taking everyone to the opera, and then and Rog did, claimed that he'd yeah. done it with few weeks you know, before, but we, no one listened to. We've Rog. been banging on about <laughs> Graham Potter since. You know, for the last three seasons of the shed, and then yeah. he went to um, Swansea, and we're yeah. oh, he's in the, oh, and then now he's come to the Premier League. But if you actually look into Graham Potter, so he plays a, a three-four-three. He did really uh, well at Swansea a, um, last year. Like they, they were a complete mess. It was like the Sunderland documentary at Swansea. So I, you cannot, you can't underestimate the job. No, he did I, there, I, I agree, I agree. But but his managerial style. So for those who don't know anything about him, I'm not going to go about his history. I'm going to talk about the way he manages his football clubs. So he plays out from the back. Plays a short passing game. He plays either a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three. Um, he has been coined from some of his players as an English Guardiola. 
right? So that's an incredible, it's a big call. It's an incredible compliment, you know. And some of the Swansea players, or at least I read an interview from a Swansea player last year who said that he was going to leave the club because it was a fire sale. The whole thing was going down like a ship. However, being managed by Harry Potter was something that, that he was enjoying. He felt like he was getting better at his job as being a footballer. Now, all of these things are really positive. So why am I saying they're going to get relegated? Because he's taken over Brighton. Now, the play, he's not done an overhaul. Brighton have not signed 11 new players. Brighton have the same players who, under Chris Hutton, were the most pragmatic football side you could ever watch in the Premier League. They played traps. They didn't play possession ball. They played... Uh, a kind of a reactive football. They trapped oppositions and and burst into space. That's what they did. They didn't have an ethos or an ethic of playing. Whereas Graham Potter only play. You know, he's stubborn in his styles, and he's played the same style at every club he's been at to the point where he's he's been successful at them. I think transforming Brighton to be a Graham Potter side will take longer than you're afforded in the Premier League. And I think yeah. because of that, in November, December, there will be panic stations and he'll he'll get the sack. He's going to win my sack race and I think they'll get relegated. They have got some quality. That, like, I think um, Pascal Gross didn't have a good year last year. He went a bit quiet. Second season syndrome. But he was really good in the first year. And the year before that, he had more assists than anybody else in the Bundesliga. Mm. So I think they have got some quality there. I read something this week, though, that I think summed it up perfectly for me why Brighton will probably still be in trouble, uh, which is that they are still essentially reliant on a now 35-year-old or 36, Glenn Murray, to get the goals. That's and Glenn point. Murray, essentially, I think the you know the thing I read said he just looks like a milkman or a builder. <laughs> like he does, you know, and that that is he's literally like a guy in the pub league, and that is what you're relying on to get your goals. Like yeah, like I can't I take your point that they could panic in november december and just go get rid of this guy but because they hired dan ashworth who was the head of development at the fa when before the world cup and when we were good in the world cup and they hired him about january time last year and so he was part of the graham potter hiring they have signed a couple of players one for 15 mil that i have never heard of and i can't remember his name off the top of my head that's i presume is ashworth Let's get this in here. Uh, Leandro Leandro Trossard. Trossard. 18 million from Genk. (laughs) Yes, that guy. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. I'm going to tell you a bit more about him in a minute, John. (laughs) Um, But they've brought him in and a couple of others. And I do think if Potter is given the time, he can work his magic um, and he can make something. I think he has an ability to get teams to believe in an ethos, believe in what they're doing, and he has some unique ways of doing it. And if he's given the time, I think he could do it. Okay. He's got two yeah. really good centre-backs too, which I think is important when you're struggling. Good goalie. In D- Duffy and Dunk. But you've um, got to remember, like, oh, don't get me wrong, I don't disagree with anything you're yeah. saying, but at the top of the Premier League, like you can get away with being a, an ethic-driven man-manager and be in charge of Man City. Uh, arguably you could be an ethic driven man manager and be in charge of Everton or Leicester you know we have very top quality players and they have already been coached their whole lives or have been through you Franks they already know their job you just need to turn them into a machine and that's what Graham Potter's incredibly good at and that's what he has skills at I'm not sure he can coach a team to to do what it needs to do I don't think man management will get him as far as he needs to get in the time he has so all of the, the, this is a caveat that in the Premier League you don't have as much time as he needs yeah. if he was to have saved Swansea and turned them round and got promoted with them when Swansea got in the Premier League with Graham Potter he would stay there for a very long time 
But I, he did. They did hire him literally the day after the season finished, which I think is important. They knew who their man was, and they got. They, they said, had a plan, John. Yeah, they had a plan, and I think if a club has a plan, that gives them a little bit of a. It's amazing that there are so many clubs without one. Yeah, yes. I I think that there will be three worse teams than Brighton this year. Right. Let's move on from teams to individuals. So now it's all about the don't care about the team. Who's going to be the player of the year? Player of the year. Uh, this one was easy for me. Go on. Easy. Easy. I'm going to say it. Easy. Richarlison. Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> I went for Kevin De Bruyne. Rod. Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, for the same reason, I went for Kevin De Bruyne last year. So I'm just sticking yeah. to well, He's probably the best player in the league. Yeah. Is that I think, but I think people would have forgotten about him a bit. Yeah. And I went through and thought about it and went, oh, maybe Hazard. Oh, no, Hazard doesn't play for Chelsea anymore. Yeah. Look, Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the league left. Uh, Salah is obviously up there, but I just think Kevin De Bruyne having his year off, basically. Yeah, like, He'll be re- out, really between... out to prove himself again. Like, not that he necessarily needs to, but I think missing out last year with Man City being so good and Liverpool City being so good and driving Man City to be one of the best teams we've ever seen in the Premier League and he wasn't an integral part of that if that doesn't spur you on as a player I don't know what does and yeah. so I think he'll be really really motivated and he's been year. great in pre-season and I've got to say it's almost like they represent their sides uh, sounds like a weird, like a romantic thing to say but the difference between Salah and De Bruyne De Bruyne or De Bruyne what are we going to go with this De Bruyne. year De Bruyne De Bruyne yeah De Bruyne yeah, if that. you like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the difference between Salah and De Bruyne is almost a microcosm of the difference between Man City and Liverpool. Yeah, I'll go with that. You mm-hmm. like, you lo- probably enjoy watching Salah more because it's a bit on the edge of failure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When, it, when he scores, it's like, oh, it's the last millimetre that could have gone so wrong, but he did it. It was so beautiful. Whereas De Bruyne's just perfect. I think that if he's, if he's perfect all season, basically if he's fit, he'll be perfect all season. Perfect with it? a very red face. Yeah, he's still a little Tory boy, isn't he? Oh, sorry, everyone. I just sprayed my beer everywhere. <laughs> uh, well, that's a um, bit well, of an anticlimax that we all went for De Bruyne. I was, it is a bit of anticlimax. I did. I was split. Between, or are you going to change? No, I'm not going to change. But I was split between De Bruyne and Sterling because I De Bruyne does get injured, and Sterling tends to not get injured. And I could see Sterling had a great year last year, and I can see him going. Th- 30 goals, 40 goals. Like, he is always the back post tapping man and mm. he's getting better and better at it and he's getting better and better. He's had a full off-season break. Nah, De Bruyne. I just thought... Yeah, I think you're right, but I think Sterling could be in the conversation. Um, so, moving on from best player, top scorer. I... I mean, it's very hard when you try... <laughs> What? what? Oh, nothing. Just that you, I thought initially you were just going to come in with the confident answer, and then you just you backpedaled massively to no, give yourself no, more no, time. I'm, I'm to think giving about myself it. some context. It's very hard when you think about attacking accolades not to look to Arsenal, mm-hmm. because for all for all of the, I'm sure I'm going to predict the future in the next seven months. I will rip them to shreds for their for their shortcomings, and rightly so. And I'm sure Arsenal fans will enjoy hearing it because it's real. <laughs> Your pain is real, and I experience it for you. However. I can't look past a Bemiang. Yep. Now, there are a few reasons behind it. Number one, he scores 20 goals for fun because that's who he is. Number two, with VAR this year, it will be penalties galore and he is Arsenal's penalty taker. And I think that... I think it has to be a penalty taker who's top scorer this yeah. year. Like, I don't know which one, but it's going to be a penalty. It could even be the guy 
Milivojevic at Crystal Palace because he just scores 20 penalties. Isn't the the record for most penalties in a year that went to Andy Johnson? I think it was 11 penalties in a year when Andy Johnson was at Crystal Palace. And then Everton went, oh, he must be good at football and then realised... No, no, in his first season, I think he scored nine penalties for Everton. And then... (laughs) That was all he did. But then he stopped getting penalties. Everyone said he was a diver. And and then his career just dive bombed. No pun intended. And, And please don't... Fact check me on those numbers. It was something akin to those. So I bet me out. Wow, Rog, who have you gone for? Um, I was tossing up between two players, and I still am a little bit. Um, but I'll go with the more boring option. The the one I'll start with who I didn't go for, which was Sterling, yeah. for the reasons that we've said. He's going to start the year. I think Man City will start strongly, and um, Aguero and Jesus have obviously been away at the um, Copper America, and they're still on leave. So I think and. Pre-season, Sterling's been playing um, opt-up, and I think that he may continue to do so, and he's going to score a lot of goals this year. However, I looked at the last five or six seasons. I'm going to go for the one-season wonder that is Harry Kane. (laughs) (laughs) Because he still keeps getting it done, and... I think he's he's just as likely as anyone to get over 20 goals again. We've said Spurs are a new stadium, they'll go well. If Spurs go well, Harry Kane goes well, it's likely he'll finish top scorer. I've gone exactly the same, and I've gone for Spurs winning the league. So makes it makes sense. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if Spurs win the league, Harry Kane does well. He doesn't get injured much, but he will get injured at some point. And the penalty thing with VAR, he's on penalties. So I And he's one of the best penalty takers I've seen oh, ever. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I think um, the sneaky one might be Jamie Vardy as well at, at Leicester, if yeah. they go well, I think for the same reasons as Kane going well. But I think Kane, more than perhaps any other player in the Premier League, when he gets on a roll and on a run, I mean, Vardy had that amazing run, obviously, when he got um, how many games? Nine games in a row? Was Twelve. It? Twelve games in 11, a row. Eleven, twelve. It was, wow. a, anyway, it was, record, it was yeah. a lot. But I just, you know, Kane... Sometimes it feels like he's, you know, he scores a hat-trick every other week. I just don't think there's another striker in the league that can do that to the same extent, apart from Aguero. But Aguero, you know, is going to get injured at some point. So will Harry Kane, I suppose. But I, yeah, I just think he's the most likely to, to be up there. Nice. So staying on individuals. No, actually, it can be a team. But who is going to be your surprise player or team of the year? So this can be anyone. It could be a positive or a negative. You want to go first to this one, John? Yeah, of course. Um, so my surprise player of the year... I don't know if it's a massive surprise, but I've gone for Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. No, I'd, I'd say um, that's a surprise. So, hey, I'm surprised. Yeah, Are yeah, you surprised, Roger? I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's their star player, but he's a star player in a in a promoted team that are expected not to go yeah. that well. And they've spent of, about $700 million, haven't they? they? They're they, the top spenders in the... Sorry, John. They're yeah, the top spenders yeah. in the Premier League already. They have spent a lot of money in the off-season, um, and they are a promoted team, but none of us mentioned them in the relegation conversation, Jack Grealish for the last two years has basically been the best player in the championship. Um, it can be a little bit inconsistent, but I think he stuck at that team because he he was captain last year. He wanted to be back in the Premier League with that team. And he has all the natural ability in the world. If he can kind of sort himself out and play well every week, he'll be in the England team by the end of the season. He's very, very good. Um, and I think we just because we watch the Premier League more than the Championship we don't see it as much so I think he's the guy to watch out for this year no, I think the other thing I'd say there is that Villa very much got on a run towards the end of the year they obviously changed their coach halfway through the year yeah Dean um, Jones 
And uh, is that his name? Dean Jones? No, he plays cricket for Australia. Or used to play cricket yeah. for Australia. <laughs> now, he, now he's like a fat middle-aged commentator. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, uh, Dean Smith. Yeah. Well, and Smith and Jones. Uh, again, I think he's 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 a good good young English manager. Um, and but it really took that change. And towards the end of the year, Villa got on a roll. Grealish was the player that really grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and said, "We're you know we're going to get on a roll. We've got enough quality. We'll get promoted." And so he is. He's the heartbeat of the team. So if they do all right, I think you know it will be him. My only worry, and I joke about it, is is they have spent 150. Or I mean, we're a week before the Premier League, got it? 115 million, which is which is 25 million more than Manchester City in second place from the spending. To, and not only that, they're not buying 70 million pound players; they're buying volume. Mm. And I, I just think after watching what happened with Fulham last year, and you can argue it's some, a of, some of those bit... purchases are loans that they've turned into permanent, but they are announcing a signing a day. And no matter who you are, that's a problem. Yeah, it's, it's a, like they did sign a few of them early as well, and they are loanees from last year, some of them. So I think there's a little... But I am concerned about how... like That's, so imp- that's many... important, though. Fulham signed five players on deadline day. They literally just splatted everywhere on the final yeah. day. There was no thought process there. I think this is more of a yes, it's a lot of money. I mean, they spent what twenty six million on Tyrone Mings, or was like it sixteen? Twenty six. It's twenty six. Now that that oh. is a lot of money for a guy that's never played in the Premier League, really. And they um, spent another fourteen on Matt Taggart, who's a fullback. I, I quite so rate 14, Matt Taggart though. But that's a lot of money. Yeah. Pounds on two defenders that have played probably fifteen Premier League games between them. So I think Tyrone Mings, they were... 15 top flight games. They they were essentially like over a barrel a bit in that... I mean, I know because I obviously watched the championship a bit. He was brilliant at the back end mm. of last year. Um, so I think they... And again, he was another player that when they got on this role, he was one of the ones that drove it. And so I think they really wanted to get him back. And so Bournemouth were able to kind of drive the price up a bit. So I think there's no doubt they've paid over the odds for him. But I think that's probably worth it rather than taking a punt on someone, you know, who's an, an unknown or... Yeah. Um, got yeah. So, Jeff, who have you gone for your surprise team or player of the year? Leandro Trossard. Oh, so he's your surprise. Is he going to wow. be surprisingly good? I actually rate this bloke. So, um... I mean, he's he didn't Wait, catch, and he got Brighton going down. I, th- this is the thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you don't have to win all of them; you just have to win some of them. Okay. Um, I, I genuinely think the this Fulham bloke's, approach this bloke's really good. So they bought him for eighteen million off Gank, mm. right? Um, firstly, I love the name Gank. Gank, yeah. Gank for a football club, brilliant, brilliant in Belgium. Um, he's played every level of Belf. Belf, mm. Belgian youth team football. Um, he's right-footed. He's really short. Yeah. So he he looks quick, but he jumps a challenge. So the amount of times that you you see him running, he's right footed, very right footed, but always always has a tendency to shoot across the keeper. So very rarely goes near post, goes across the keeper, and very often rides a challenge. So someone will come in, he's got a low center of gravity, and he can jump over legs whilst keeping control. A bit of like the Ryan Fraser. I'd mm. say I'd say better, or at least looks better. Probably not as not as quick, mm. but looks um really dynamic stays on his feet as i say rides a challenge uh, takes penalties um do you know who else plays in belgium or played in belgium before he came to the premier league go on mohammed elanui 
who was the winner of flop of the year last year, <laughs> who they signed because he could jink past the player and looked a bit flash in Belgium and then what? was absolute turd. No, I'm just, I just, he's scored an average of a goal every two games, just shy of and a goal every two games in his professional career. He's a wide forward, like he's a winger type. No, he's a, he's a, he's a striker. He's a striker. Okay, a striker. He's um, and he plays like a striker. He can score with his head. I genuinely think this bloke is class. And if you were to sit there and type his name into YouTube and yeah. look at the montages, you'll see what I mean about his attributes. So you can absolutely see why in a in a market where what eight million pounds will get you a one goal in twenty games striker, whilst they spend eighteen million pounds on a goal every other game player who has the the show reel like this kid does. I, I genuinely think he's going to surprise a lot of people. So will he play up front with Glenn he'll, Murray, or I think he'll play with him. Yeah, yeah, okay. maybe just off. Roger, who have you gone for? Um, I got three. Well, that's you're not allowed. No, I know. Rog. Okay, so I will. I've, I'll, got, I've got twelve. On all right, team. I'm going to do t- <laughs> typical <laughs> Rog very quickly. The two that I didn't pick are from the championship. Yeah. Um, I'm still tossing it up in my head, but then the two I didn't pick from championship. Uh, one of them, is Shea Adams, 22 goals last year. Um, in the championship, they mm. only signed him for 15 million. He's gone to Southampton, 15 million. Chris Wood cost fifteen million at Burnley. Mm. Now Chris Wood is essentially crap. Yeah. Shea Adams is is, Shea Adams y- is very good. He's young. He's like he's twenty three. Scored twenty two goals last year. Um, he also created ten chances more than any other striker in the championship. So sixty seven chances. So he's got more to his game. Um, I rate the Southampton coach, the Hoff, the Rabbit yeah. Hutch, um, and so I think he'll have a good year. The other one is Emmy Buenda who is the fulcrum of the Norwich team. Now, I think Norwich will go quite well this year. I think, again, they've got a um, good coach and Daniel Fark. And, uh, yeah, none of us had them going down. No, they, and this guy, I think, he, they signed him for 2.7 mil. Nothing. He was the best player in the championship last year. So that's another one. But I've gone for a bit of a random one, a guy called Pablo Fornalis. Oh, at West Ham? West Ham. Now, they signed him for $24 million from Villarreal, which Ooh. sounds like quite a lot of money. He's like um, a box-to-box midfielder, isn't yeah. he? Now, now he, he is a borderline. He's either going to be surprise of the year or he's going to be a complete flop. But <laughs> West Ham tend to pick these flair players who work when they go to West Ham. I kind of feel like if he went anywhere else, it wouldn't work. But I, I've watched a bit of him. So he played at... Um, He's a 23, but he played as an overage player at the under-21 Euros for Spain. And he was like one of their key players, so he scored a couple of big goals. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a great year last year at Villarreal, but the season before, he was really good in Spain, got like 10 or 15 assists. He can he can run a game, essentially. Left foot, right foot, pass the ball on both sides, good vision, He's quick enough to survive in the Premier League and he's got a bit of flair. And I've just got a feeling he's one of those West Ham players that we'll all will like, like to watch. Lanzini or whatever. Yeah, like, or um, yeah, Payet. He's yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. watching him and I thought of Payet because he can beat a man too. Um, and I just, yeah, I just think that West Ham are one of those odd teams. Where is he teams. from, sorry? Um, so he's Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Villarreal. Yeah. So anyway, he's um, my surprise. I don't know what? if 24 million is a lot for a surprise player of the year, but... These Interesting. Maybe a goal not. in 20 for eight. Now, it's the other end of the scale, flop of the year. I think there's only one here. I would hazard we've got the same, Rog. Did you go Joel Linton? I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've gone for a slightly different striker, but uh, do you want to talk about Joel Linton anymore? 40 million, 15 goals in 60 games for Rapid Veen. Can I, can I add a caveat to that? He's played five professional seasons as a footballer and he's scored 25 goals ever. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, like, everyone's talking about last year was what their Newcastle were basing it on. Oh, he had a good year last year. He still only scored seven goals in the Bundesliga in 29 games as a striker for a team that did okay at yeah. Hoffenheim. So I, I just... Um, How much did he cost again? 40 million quid. Four zero. Alan Shearer, 15. Yeah. Well, it, that was... Uh, 25 years doesn't, ago. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. I've just got a feeling that I can see Steve Bruce coming in, rubbing his hands, going, well, oh, a Brazilian, he's got to be good. He's got a Brazilian name. We'll sign him. He will be crap. Yeah. I, I'm shocked. And if you're Benitez, just knocking about in China, you're like, you're kidding me. And you, you say he's got a Brazilian name. He was asked in an interview, What's your, how's your name pronounced? He said, Joe Linton. That's an English name. Oh, well, Joe Linton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, I, I've just, I mean... You know, good luck to the guy, but I've got a feeling he's going to be awful. I can't wait for him to be awful. (laughs) I've gone for a slightly... They could have had Rondon, I'm just saying. Rondon scores goals in the Premier League. Eight million or whatever. But they wouldn't let Benitez sign Rondon. No, and dumb. he scores 10 goals a season. I know it's yeah. not a lot, yeah, but just, Joel Linton's won 20 in his life. That's much less of a risk, though, than he's signing already, this guy. He's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I, I, I was Joel Linton. split between Joe Linton um, and actually a West Ham striker, Sebastian Haller. So they've spent a lot of money too. 45 yeah. million on a striker from Frankfurt. My mate at work says he's good. Because he's a West Ham fan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. So this guy played up front for Eintracht Frankfurt for the last couple of years. Now, Eintracht Frankfurt had two strikers. They had a guy called Sebastian Haller, West Ham bought for five, 45 million. Jovic. And Luka Jovic, yeah. who Real Madrid bought for 57 million. Now, one of them was really good. <laughs> and one of them looked good because the other guy was really good. <laughs> West Ham had bought the guy that looked good, but is actually just a bit crap. So he's like, he's never done anything magic. He scores 10, 15 goals a year. He's quite big. He's a bit cumbersome. He's a fancy. Is Andy Carroll with a different? Well, name. I was going to say he might get on the pitch though, which is better than Andy. I was a bit sad seeing Andy Carroll go. I feel like he's never quite fulfilled his potential. And no. when he was up and about, I loved watching Andy Carroll because oh, yeah. really? he it, like, watching him bully centre backs and like I I think peak Carroll was one of the best players in the air we've seen in the Premier League. Up oh. there with Timmy Cahill, probably. Mm. I agree, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And Sebastian Haller won't be one of those best players in the air. I just think... You know he's going to do his hammy in the last pre-season game. <laughs> yes. And it's also the West Ham curse. Like, every striker West Ham buys crap. fails. So I, I just think it's going to fail. So my flop of the year is Sebastian Haller. Good shout. Um, so the last one before we go on to wildcard is Sack Race. So who is out of their job first? I've gone predictable here too. We haven't got another go on. the same, have we? Steve Potato Face. No, we've got, oh, got Steve yeah. Bruce. Yeah. So you I'm, think I just think he's awful. I think he's awful, but <laughs> that's it. You just yeah, think he's, he's awful. awful. He's I like as a manager, awful. Um Mike Ashley doesn't fire his managers. He does if they're going so badly that they're um, it adrift. Too much money. He'd rather get relegated. Like I can see Steve Bruce being there the whole year, and Newcastle will get ten points, and they'll just he'll come out every week going, "Oh, we're trying to make it better, and we're working on things, and we're trying." 
And Mike Ashley won't say anything. You don't think Mike Ashley would have put a deal in there to... No, Mike Ashley's, Bruce would have really wanted this job. Mike exactly. Ashley's already defending him. He's already saying, oh, people are giving him a hard time. He's actually really good. He needs to, you know, He's a good guy. He's already defending well, him. Well, maybe he's I didn't... I just ball. went the logical one. Maybe I didn't th- think this through enough. Yeah, Mike Ashley would have just gone, oh, he really wants this job, so I can treat him like crap. And when I want to fire him, I'll just go, you don't get any money. Sorry, mate. So, he, like, yeah, he won't fire him. Okay. Jeffo? Uh I spoke about it before, but I think um, Harry Potter's going. Wow, so you've gone Graham Potter. Yeah, I just think, um, and and I really thought all summer that I was going to go, Oliguna. Yeah. But I just don't think that United's you know, hierarchy are going to get rid of him. I think they're, they're backing him and his policy in the transfer window so much that to, to pull the pin now... Like we thought he was doomed. We all said he'd be gone. He'd be gone after a month. You know. I mean, do you know they're not really backing Solskjaer? This is the thing I find slightly bizarre about the whole scenario. They're backing Alex Ferguson because what Solskjaer is trying to do is like he's like taking it back to. Well, this really this worked for. I mean, maybe Mm. you can't blame him, but it's. I think it's almost a little bit too unhealthy in terms of everything that Solskjaer did is essentially going back to that. Agree. So, So I think. I think. Graham Potter is is gone because of everything I said before. I don't think they'll have enough patience with him. I've gone for Javi Gracia, the Watford Ooh, coach, because yeah. I just believe Watford are going to have a tank of a season. Um, and Watford coaches don't last that long, as a general rule. He's lasted longer than all of them so far. Um, and I think after eight, ten games, they're going to be in a pickle, and they'll go, "You're out." And then they might get this guy called Jose in. <laughs> I was thinking about Jose Mourinho because Jose Mourinho who's he going to manage next yeah he's come out today going oh I've got the fire in my belly I'm really ang- like ready to manage again where will he turn up like is his brand his brand must be damaged by the United experience so we, he's yeah. been forgiven with things before because he's always won stuff I mean maybe did at United but it was so ugly who yeah. would want that like, Watford oh, yeah just, Watford is absolutely <laughs> I think he's I think he's almost done it. like is he is yeah so, don't come back, Jose. No, no I don't want him back. <laughs> no. It just it, it, the whole air, it, like Marino being back, just makes me angry and miserable. Like, Maybe come back, Jose. Yeah, come, <laughs> come back. I think there's a job at United after Christmas. <laughs> um, so the last prediction for this season is the wild card. So who wants to go first with their wild card? I'll get mine out of the way because it's not very exciting. Oh. But I think I'm gonna win. Okay. I think there will be more penalties this year than ever in the history of the Premier League. Is that a wild card? Yes. No, because I, I, I told I you agree. it was boring. I agree. Oh, well, well then, is that yours? No. Ah, oh, well then, it's my wild card, John. Sorry, right, yeah, just okay. won't win it at the end of yeah. the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, we get to argue. It boring. No, 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 because it's quantifiable. No. <laughs> That's the thing. I've said more than ever before. Well, I'd love, but then if it's not, we'll be at a real. Really rub it yeah, because there are players, not to get too far into it, but there are players who are not ready for VAR. No, and, and, I, and I say that because there are players who have made a career off of being on the limits of what is okay and what isn't okay. <laughs> Actually, and, yeah. 
<laughs> old bird poo chops himself um, uh, but players like Ryan Shawcross I mean he doesn't count because he just did his Achilles didn't he mm. but players like Yerry Mina p- players who are all elbows and grabbers yeah and grabbers the ones who grab shirts and get away with it and have done for the last decade you can't train that out of them that's how they play football so VAR a, a lot of those players have not played in the World Cup where there was VAR. Mm. So the people not playing the Champions lower, League. Yeah, not playing the Champions League. The people that lower down the league that haven't experienced VAR is going to be brand oh, Yeah, I do think that VAR will be applied slightly differently in the Premier League than it has been. Like The way we've just seen it applied in the Women's World Cup, which I think was awful. We know that mm. I'm not a fan of VAR. I, mm. I hate it. I think it was awful in the Women's World Cup. I think it borderline spoiled the whole tournament. But you loved it in the Champions League though. No, I didn't. No, we. John, you loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it in the Champions League. The, I do think they will apply it slightly differently in the Premier League. I think they will sort of scale it back a bit. Yeah. Okay. Rog, what's your wild card? Um, I talked about Sheffield United being particularly awful this year. Yeah. Um, but my wild card is that all three promoted sides will stay up. Wow. Which has only happened three times in Premier League history. That's huge. That so huge. I, I just think there's enough. I think other, the I think crap teams. Villa, yeah, Villa and Norwich. Did you not we, just put Sheffield United <clears throat> to go down? I did. Yeah. So that's <laughs> I talked about when I said it. I was going to completely contradict myself. But like Jeff says, you only need one to win. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, this I, is getting way too tactical. Yeah, now, I've, so. I've just got a feeling that. Um, well, this is why it's a wild card. I think it's unlikely because yeah. essentially Sheffield United are crap. Um, and generally every year at least one promoted team goes down usually it's two but we talked about the gap closing a bit the championship was really good last year um, and I just there's enough teams in the Premier League that have question marks on them that make me think it could happen this year yeah no you're, you're right and towards the end of last year we were looking at the bottom eight nine sides they were all woeful yeah and you get to a rhythm in the league you get to a point where everyone just goes oh we just got to survive and suddenly the bottom nine ten teams just go they drop right we'll just be crap yeah and defend so and and we saw that last year in fact we've seen it's got progressively more stinky down the bottom of the league yeah, yeah. for a while remember last season was um crystal palace's record high points total and they stunk out the bottom yeah, of that league crap. for a long time so it's it's getting worse together the sinking ship um, my wild card is that one of Chelsea or Man United will finish in the bottom half. I don't know which one, but wow. one will finish in the bottom half. That's a big league. call. Interesting. You did, and, and I'm just thinking now, you didn't go for Frank Lampard in the sack race either. No, I think he'll stay there because they're, they're too like, oh, it's romantic and oh, we've got Fat Frank back. Brilliant. But I think, I don't know which one of those two teams, I think one of those two teams I've could be really well. I've got <laughs> but I just think one of them is going to really tank. I'd love it if it was Chelsea again. Remember, it was only three years ago Chelsea finished in the bottom half. Yeah. So they are... And then the year after they won the league, didn't they? And if you add in the Wolves, Leicesters, Everton's of the world, and suddenly if there's one or two teams that like do okay, if Chelsea or Man United have a bad start to the season, they could really be in a pickle. Well, my other one was Wolves doing really badly. Second season syndrome. They're in the Europa League. Uh, their coach likes to have only 18 players in his first team squad yeah very small now, squad that does not work with the Europa League was it like the first seven games of last year they didn't change a single player yeah so I think they'll they either go Europa well or they'll yeah. stink it up yeah 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny how dynasties crumble, isn't it? Though like, I, I always wondered how long it would take before you, uh, what you perceived as a regular big club became a a never going to win the league club. You know, you know, in your psyche. Yeah. And obviously, Man United is the best example in our most modern times, where you know your wild card is that Man United might finish in the bottom half, and that's not outrageous to anyone. No, it's actually not that wild. That's Play, more. Like, got a crash, uh, Jeff. Well, that's exactly right, and it probably does have to crash. But that's more likely than them winning the league, which is why I, we're living through this. Okay, well, how long does it take for your your kind of inner psyche to perceive a club very, very differently? Now, Spurs finishing top four, we all had it, and no one's questioning whether that's logical. But six, seven years ago, oh, oh yeah. that would have been an outrageous yeah, yeah, achievement. No, Whereas Manchester United finishing bottom half would you couldn't conceive it and it makes and now, me so it's happy it is so <laughs> so if it good. wasn't for the spurs element i'd be on board <laughs> um long may it continue well that is our predictions for the premier league this season wow um it's been pretty good to be back in the shed it's been emotional um does anyone have anything they want to add before we leave no no Jeff, you got anything? You look like I'm you're... excited. I'm just looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah. Our charity shield and then the, the season. We will be proper. back every week during the season. So I'm running away on holiday, but after that, we'll be back every week. We'll be out every Thursday morning Australian time. Um, Jeff, do you have anything? You were looking like you were looking to say something. No, no, no. I've I'm, I'm got side stories to get me through till Christmas. I'm ready to go. I'm ready we'll for the bring shed. them out in the in the season. But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, yeah, as I said, we'll be back each week. Don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask questions, tell us our predictions are awful and that we're crap at what we Or that doing. we're all geniuses. Well, well, we'll find out as the season goes on, Roy. We I think it's genie eye. <laughs> are we genie eye? That uh, doesn't sound right. No. Geniuses. Geniuses. Yeah. That's it. Um, you can find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast well at gmail.com. Well smart, innit? <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon. See you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.